first thing you may have learned about dermatology is, if it is wet, dry it. And if it's dry, wet it. But what happens when you have a patient presenting with both dry, desquamating skin and wet ruptured bullae all over their body? Hydrocortisone cream and dressings just aren't going to cut it. Many skin diseases can be managed with topical therapy, but dermatologic emergencies require much more detailed assessments and management plans. Today, our patient has a dermatologic emergency and you are the doctor. Welcome to The Internet Work, a podcast written by medical residents meant to serve you better on the wards and on call. Today's episode is written by a dermatology resident and is entitled Dermatologic Emergencies. All right, time for a minute physiology. Dermatologic emergencies are often secondary to adverse drug reactions, which may occur due to the inability of an individual to metabolize drugs. These metabolites may then bind to host tissue and elicit an inflammatory response. Cytotoxic T-cell lymphocytes may be activated and produce cytotoxic substances, which destroy keratinocytes or skin cells. Increased production of FAS ligand, a transmembrane protein expressed on cytotoxic T-cells, will bind to the FAS receptor expressed by keratinocytes, resulting in widespread apoptosis of keratinocytes. Other inflammatory markers are also released and can be identified on histopathologic examination of the skin specimen. Risk factors for developing these reactions include individuals who are immunosuppressed or HIV positive, individuals of certain ethnicities, some of whom have specific antibodies that may increase risk for inflammatory reaction, or individuals who have genetic mutations that result in the inability to metabolize drugs. Certain drugs that inhibit or induce CYP450 activity when metabolized are higher-risk medications for inducing drug hypersensitivity syndrome or toxic epidermal necrolysis. Some of these include phenytoin, carbamazepine, lamotrigine, allopurinol, trimethoprim sulfamethoxazole, amino penicillins, and NSAIDs. Dermatologic emergencies may also occur in individuals with active or reactivated HHV6 or 7 infections, particularly after starting new medications. All right. Now, let's move on to the approach to assess and manage dermatologic emergencies. When you're first called to assess a patient with a widespread skin eruption, you do what you always do. You must confirm whether the patient is stable or not. Ensure you check their ABCs since a drug or infectious reaction can quickly progress from skin-limited to systemic involvement. Once you're sure that the patient is clinically stable, you can move forward with your assessment. Now, let's discuss the importance of both history and identifying specific cutaneous signs in making the diagnosis of various drug reactions. The most important items to assess on history are the timing of the skin eruption and a thorough review of systems. If the skin eruption occurred after starting a new medication, it is important to elicit a timeline of events. Generally speaking, more benign cutaneous reactions often occur within 10 to 14 days of drug exposure, while more serious reactions occur within one to six weeks, or more quickly in the case of trimethoprim sulfamethoxazole, or for type 4 hypersensitivity reactions if the patient has used that drug previously. 
It is helpful to create a drug rash timeline to determine the most likely drug culprit based on when it was administered and when the cutaneous reaction occurred. It may also be helpful to review the Gel-Coombs classification of hypersensitivity reactions to understand the four types of hypersensitivity reactions. A thorough review of systems is essential to confirm whether the rash is associated with any systemic symptoms. If a patient presents with an isolated skin eruption, he or she is at a lower risk for developing a dermatologic emergency. These individuals may experience discomfort or pruritus, but usually do not experience worsening symptoms. However, if these rashes are associated with fever and mucous membrane or multi-organ involvement, then you should be concerned for a dermatologic emergency. The physical examination is essential to the initial assessment of a drug reaction. A morbilliform exanthem associated with fever and organ involvement, including liver, lung, kidney, pancreas, and thyroid, is classic for drug hypersensitive syndrome, DHS, formerly called DRESS, or drug-induced reaction with eosinophilia and systemic symptoms. Morbilliform refers to a rash that looks like measles, which typically presents as multiple light pink macules and papules diffusely all over the body. Urticaria occurring with fever and arthralgias are often secondary to a serum sickness-like reaction, or SSLR. Pustules associated with fever and lymphadenopathy are typical symptoms of acute, generalized exanthematous pustulosis. Desky erythema, vesicles, bulli, and atypical targetoid lesions with mucous membrane involvement and skin sloughing will occur in individuals with Steven-Johnson syndrome, which is defined as having less than 10% body surface area involvement, or toxic epidermal necrolysis, which requires greater than 30% of body surface area involvement. Other useful signs to elicit, which may indicate a widespread epidermal process, like toxic epidermal necrolysis, include Nikolsky's sign, where twisting pressure on normal-appearing skin causes the skin to detach, and Asbo-Hansen sign, where direct pressure on a bulla forces fluid into normal-appearing skin. All right, on to our workup. If the rash is associated with no systemic symptoms, there is often not a need for further investigations. However, to determine this, basic blood work will help assess the function of other organs. A CBC, electrolyte panel, glucose, creatinine, urea, liver enzymes, urinalysis, VBG, and lactate should be completed on most patients to assess for systemic involvement. In particular, eosinophils and liver enzymes are often elevated in hypersensitivity syndrome. Complement levels, C3 and C4, can be ordered to help differentiate some dermatologic emergencies. For example, they would be normal in a serum sickness-like reaction, but they may be decreased in immune complex-mediated conditions like toxic epidermal necrolysis. Finally, a skin biopsy should be completed on the most recent skin lesion for severe eruptions like toxic epidermal necrolysis and Steven-Johnson syndrome. It is often necessary to send the biopsy for both routine histopathology and direct aminofluorescence. When you're thinking about treating a dermatologic emergency, the first thing to do is to stop any offending medication that could be causing the drug reaction. Next, consider any supportive measures a patient might require. This might include IV fluids and analgesia as needed. For patients with Steven-Johnson syndrome or toxic epidermal necrolysis, they should be admitted to an ICU or burn unit for close monitoring, adequate wound care, and airway support if needed. A dermatologist should always be consulted, and ophthalmology, gynecology, and urology consults should be considered if there is any risk for ocular or genital involvement. 
for drug hypersensitivity syndrome, serum sickness-like reaction, and acute generalized exanthematous postulosis, a short course of immunosuppression is usually indicated. Corticosteroids can alleviate symptoms and shorten recovery time. Treatment for Steven-Johnson syndrome and toxic epidermal necrolysis is still controversial. Several therapies can be considered, but none have been shown to have clear benefit or be first line. It is a balance between immunosuppression to try and halt the process and predisposition to infection for individuals who are losing large areas of skin. Cyclosporin 5 to 7 milligrams per kilogram per day has been shown to be effective by inhibiting T-cell-mediated perforin and granzyme release and decreasing fast fast ligand expression. A Tanercept, 25 milligrams every three to four days, can also be used to inhibit TNF-alpha production. Systemic corticosteroids and IVIG can also be considered. All right, time for a medicine minute. Did you know that multiple studies in NEGEM and JAMA dermatology have reported that about 30% of patients diagnosed with presumed cellulitis in hospital had alternate diagnoses after being assessed by dermatologists? Overdiagnosis is a common error in managing dermatologic emergencies, so it is important to keep your differentials wide and consult dermatology whenever you're unsure. Thank you for listening to today's episode entitled Dermatologic Emergencies. This episode was written by Dr. Nico McClellan, dermatology resident, and reviewed by Dr. Phil Doran, dermatologist, and Dr. Daniel Brandt-Vegas, general internal medicine. The Internet Work series was created by Allison Lai and developed by Zara Morali and Leah Karianopoulos. This podcast was recorded and produced by Allison Lai. Theme song by Lakshma Vizantha Mohan. If you like this podcast, please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. As always, we have an associated infographic at www.theinternetwork.com. Thank you for listening and we hope to see you again soon.